AJ Jason here. Enjoyed listening to the final DM's diary. I'll miss the show. I'll miss hearing you talk. Maybe someday you'll come back. But I thought there were some interesting thoughts in there. Definitely enjoy the, the raw, your thoughts throughout the week. Not quite sure how to express why, but, but I do enjoy listening to that show. So hang in there, and we'll talk to you soon. Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the great shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. The Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary is the Wednesday bonus episode and features me, a microphone, and whatever gaming-related nonsense flows from my mind. This is recorded in short snippets throughout the average week and then roughly edited together to form a diary of one man's journey in gaming. It's shared week by week. The DM's diary was actually the idea of regular listener Frank Turfler and has a Marmite-like quality. Some listeners love it, some listeners hate it. A few listeners only listen to the DM's diary. Many listeners avoid it like the plague. I keep doing it because, as narcissistic as it feels, I find it has become a useful tool in tracking my own thoughts about gaming. I keep sharing it because some people seem to enjoy listening to it. The DM's diary is raw, glaringly personal, and not for the faint-hearted. Hey there, Che. It's John from the Red Dice Diaries. I'm just listening to your GM episode 29, your GM's diary. And... I've just been listening to Andy Goodman's calling where he's talking about describing items, not by just calling them a gun, but you know, in the sort of ways that someone who was unfamiliar with that ton of technology might perceive that object, so, you know, like a long cylindrical object made of metal or a fire wand or whatever. And I think that's true to a certain extent. However, I do think it's a very fine line when you're doing that before you descend into parody and I think there's actually an episode of Rick and Morty when they sort of satirise that where he's talking about oh how long ago was it before the boomy boom and so I think it can be a little bit of a difficult balance to get exactly right enjoying the show dude take care I'll catch you soon hey John again I know I said that was it but I just ordered some more stuff as I click stop typically so as I said, I think it's a fine line between sort of describing stuff and descending into parody. And whilst I think it can be great the first couple of times you find an object, I think for the sake of expediency, those descriptions later on, so like the fourth time you find a fire wand or a gun or whatever, can be sort of shrunk down a little bit. Or if your player characters have pretty much worked out that it's a gun by then, I don't really see any great harm in saying oh yeah you pick up the gun because they've already made that mental connection rightly or wrongly and 
sort of going through the whole rigmarole of describing it again for like the fourth, fifth, sixth time. He's just going to chew up unnecessary time in the session. Anyway, that's it from me, dude. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. Hello, Shay. Reese Laundry here again. Wow, two calls at once. You're a pretty lucky boy. I uh, just wanted to say I finished listening to the last uh, diary episode now, and uh, I will f- fully encourage you to continue tinkering away on the grimoire and uh, documenting and potentially publishing your thoughts and ideas on gaming. Absolutely love to read something like that. Also got some thoughts on your idea of separating game system from theme, concept, whatever you call it. And I'm outside, I'm trying to by, so I hope there's not too much noise. Uh, I'm actually going to follow up the message because I'm already close on time. Sit tight. And I'm back. Um, basically, I just wanted to say I thought it was interesting that you uh, find or believe game system needs to be so separate from the game you're playing. I know when I'm looking at convention games or something to try, I probably should be more adventurous, but uh, there's a lot of systems that I just don't have the mental energy to try and learn new rules even for one shot, so I'm more apt to try and find a game that's based on a system I know, Swords and Wizardry or BX or generally something D&D based that's uh, maybe pushing the bounds into a new genre, science fiction or mystery or spy or whatever, um, rather than learning a new set. I'm out of time again. So if there's something I want to play, um, you know, whatever new genre, I am more likely to try and take those ideas and retrofit them back into BX or something that I already know the rules of in my head rather than adventuring out too far into a new system. Um, your Traveler game is a little bit of an aberration there because it's an older game that I've always wanted to try. Um, like I told you I tried a group game the last convention I went to before everything came crashing down. And, uh, it was fun, but certainly not something I'd probably play again. Uh, and same with a number of other things I've tried over time. Savage Worlds is probably about the only other thing I haven't tried yet that I want to just to see how it plays, but my tendency is to default back and make it work in a in BX or something I know. Later. Some fantastic call-ins there from Jason at Nerds RPG Variety Cast at the top of the show. John Allen Large from RDD RPG and formerly from the Red Dice Diaries. And of course Reese Laundry. Thank you all for your calls, and I'm really sorry Reese's call is a little muffled. I've done as much as I can with sound processing that um, I don't know why it was so kind of difficult to hear. Perhaps the traffic, perhaps um, I don't know if you were using um, so headphones or something there, but it, it just times when you turned your head away really hard. But anyway, great messages, and I really appreciate all of them. I don't think there's much I can add to Jason's call or to John Larger's call. Reese, uh, just great to hear from you. Great to hear your thoughts there on choosing different games. And um, you know what? I'm really glad you joined the Traveller game on Rollgate. I'm really enjoying that at the moment. And uh, just want to say thank you for joining in. Game on. 
Saturday night, just finished uh, playing Dungeons of Thal with the guys. Great fun. And um, I just really appreciated it, actually. I think I really needed it. Um, so I opened up a new area of the dungeon. They um, have located a shaft that goes vertically down quite a long way underground. And the guys were searching around, exploring that. And it was interesting because it was the first session where I haven't had visual maps on screen in Fantasy Grounds and it's all been descriptive, um, which is quite difficult in some ways. Um, I'm not used to that very traditional style. Um, I'm, it's been a long while since I've kind of done that kind of descriptive stuff and measuring and uh, I find distances very hard to describe actually in any kind of consistent interesting kind of way um but it was fun and i think they had a good time searching through various chambers and tunnels um and at the end of it you know they seem quite happy there was certainly plenty of loot um albeit things that weren't necessarily obviously loot um such as scrolls and books and glass things and bottles and all that sort of stuff so an interesting session. I'm going to play a game in a month. Two weeks' time is my birthday, so I can't really be free for that. Um, but two weeks after that, the 2nd of May, we're going to go ahead and game again in Thal. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, again, there'll be... Um, perhaps by then I'll be a little bit slicker at it. I don't know. But, um, it, you know, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the guys, and I really appreciated them. And in these weird, dark times... It is actually quite nice to do something as simple as a mega dungeon. It's Monday morning, the first official day of two weeks of an inverted commas holiday. And I'm feeling a little adrift. I, I drove Deb to work this morning at the hospital and um, I came home. And I spent now probably about uh, 45 minutes. I, I grabbed my day book and I was writing and thinking a lot about this sense of feeling adrift that I have. And perhaps it is just because we are being asked to stay indoors and then perhaps it is because that I feel, you know, isolated. But I was aware that this week is punctuated by a number of expectations from other people, a number of arrangements and um, I have interviews planned, I have games planned. Um, in many ways, quite a full sort of sequence, uh, something every day. And that feels almost a little heavy, um, like a kind of psychological baggage that I find difficult. Not in any way a bad thing, but just a sense of weight, you know, of expectation. And there is this sense of, I don't know what to do with myself, um, entirely feeling that that feeling in itself feels selfish. Like there are people out there, like Debbie's out there right now, really working hard, saving lives, doing the things that need to be done, you know. And here I am in space, really. There are no oppressing expectations. There is, you know, a chat with some someone I respect and, and very much like from the hobby community and I feel like, I suppose, that everything I'm doing feels a little purposeless, a little bit lost. Like, what is the real meaning of this? Games, are they really important? And I feel like, yeah, they are. And yet I feel that that is a selfishness, that it is a, an indulgence, you know. 
and I don't know what to do with that feeling. Alongside it, I have this desire to, you know, leave behind the expectations of other people in, in terms of my hobby and my gaming. Like, every group I play with, every every group I run for, there is a sort of set of expectations that those players, those people bring. And part of me wants to flee from all of that and run from all of that and hide from all of that and just discover what it is that I enjoy and what I want and what is there inside of me. And I don't know if this makes any sense whatsoever, but it's kind of how I feel. And I, I don't know what to do with that. I've been feeling very torn about um, the worlds that I want to play in, really. So recently I've been exploring Traveller, and within that I went to the Third Imperium and I'm running a game on Rollgate set in the Third Imperium, the classical Traveller world universe. And we're beginning to explore that together, and that's kind of cool. Alongside that, I'm running the Dungeons of Thal, which is really a randomly generated dungeon, which then sparks ideas and which has become a kind of collaborative creation uh, forged really by the interactions with a number of different groups of players. I've gamed with kids there at school. I've gamed with friends around the table here on a Friday night and with friends online um, at least sort of three or four different mini groups and there is now I suppose a sort of fairly settled group of players who over the last month or so have have begun to explore that place and that is a world that is growing organically and through play. I'm also exploring Gavin Norman's Dolmenwood, um, a, a setting in a world which is lightly sketched in the pages of Wormskin and which, you know, he is currently writing and sharing as part of a playtest. Um, and again, it is a different kind of place, uh, an alien place in many ways, that I'm not sure quite really how um, to explore other than through the play on a Friday night every other week with, you know, Andy and Andy and whomever else would want to join us. And I guess those are the primary games that I'm running. What am I trying to say? I'm wanting to do something more uh, and alone. I'm wanting to explore. And there's a part of me that is drawn to this idea of discovering what's inside of me in terms of my own, my own imagination. So to try and explain that or express that, I feel like every time I run a game or I, you know, I, there are the expectations of other players to consider and the, there is a need for a kind of common language between us um, that sort of forces me to draw on the culture of gaming, the kind of cultural capital of the gaming scene. It's kind of like expressed through the some of the generic, I guess, fantasy tropes, for example, if you play a Dungeons and Dragons game, there is a sort of collective cultural set of norms that are presented to you that immediately, as soon as you roll those stats and start to choose, as soon as you choose, for example, the race, the heritage that you want to play in a fantasy game, you have made choices about the world. And as soon as you pick a character class, 
you have immediately narrowed your focus. Um, and that is useful. That is undeniably useful. That is a really helpful thing, especially amongst a group of players. But what's really intriguing me is that um, alone, you know, do I need to do that narrowing? And I sort of feel increasingly that I don't. And yet, I will be honest and say that without that kind of shaping and direction, it feels like the, there's too much that I could choose from. There is just too open a field. It's like, where would this go? I feel like I could become lost very easily. And I don't know if that makes any sense. But without some kind of framework that you feel as though, you know, if I was to go and explore a fantasy world, uh, let's start with an empty place, you know, to start with some kind of vista standing and looking out upon a scene, what scene would I imagine immediately, let's say I pick mountains, you know, there is, there is a context, but what else is there? That is sort of so open. And I guess I could start asking questions. I guess I could start using tools like the, the, I don't know, the sort of solo gaming tools that ask those yes, no answers, you know, and, and go down that route. But it feels like actually in many ways quite arbitrary. And it's weird because the real richness, I think, in imagination is when you can narrow it in some way. And so that brings me back to this question of like, what places would I like to explore? And there are many. And of course, others don't want to explore them with me. So maybe that's what I should do. I should pick one of those places and I should go and explore it, you know, alone. Worlds, you know, like the Palladium fantasy world comes to mind or um, the world of Mistara from Dungeons and Dragons or um, even the world of Dragonlance from Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. But those are the thoughts that are running through my mind that I want to go on an adventure. The words that echo through my mind are the words of um, Sam Gamgee that, oh, Mr. Frodo, I do so very much want to go and see elves. I know that a lot of people don't like unboxings, but I've just had a massive box delivered by um, FedExpress. It's labelled from Studio 2 Publishing. And I sort of think, I suspect I know what it is, but it weighs about 10 kilos. It's a huge thing. Um, and I thought I was just going to open this. Um, I guess in a way, it's like I want to capture the moment <laughs> um, for myself as much as anything. Okay, big ream of bat bubble wrap on top. So there's a start. Um, perhaps half the depth of the box is bubble wrap. Um, but I guess I'd rather have the box delivered that way. And inside I've got a number of um, basically padded envelopes, priority airmail envelopes, uh, which have got books in them. And I think this is exactly what I expected it to be. Um, let's have a look. Oh, gosh, I almost tore a cover on the soft back thing. Um, yeah, 
Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. Uh, I have the Tomorrow Legion Field Manual. Tomorrow Legion. Two copies of the Tomorrow Legion Field Manual, interestingly enough, from Savage Rifts. Um, now, those who are regular listeners will know that I'm a massive fan of Palladium's Rifts. And I also bought in heavily to the Adventure Edition, and although Dave Aldridge has done everything he can to destroy my faith in that particular game system. I, um, I, I, you know, I bought in heavily to the Rifts thing, and, um, crikey, this cover of this book has been really bent. Um, but never mind. I have two copies of it, so I guess I can hold the pristine one in my hands. Um, I also have Arcana and Mysticism, which is a hardback. So those are the softbacks, those, the, the field manual. I'm guessing is primarily for players, I don't know. And then a hardback, Arcana and Mysticism. Oh, whoa, well, I have two copies of that as well. Why have I got two copies? Interesting. Um, Empires of Humanity. I have two copies. Blood and Banes. Two co- I remember why. I remember why. Um, my friend Dave asked me to get him a copy of this stuff and have it shipped to the same place, that's why. Dave, <laughs> those are your copies. Um, I've got two sets of the Rift's box set, so welcome to the apocalypse. So in here you have um, the Tomorrow Legion's Player's Guide, the Master's Handbook, the Guide to North America, and the Garnet Town uh, Gambit Adventure GM screen, um, Savage Foes of North America, and you have dice and bennies and a map, and yeah, <laughs> everything you need to play really. So I got two copies of that, and one of which is, you know, the possession of Dave. Um, so I guess I better text him and let him know. Awesome. Okay, listeners, thanks for joining me for the return of the Dungeon Master's Diary in Season 6. I'm going to cut this episode here. Um, I'm going to do it in two parts because there's just been so much going on this week. I hope you'll join me tomorrow when I release the second part of Dungeon Master's Diary number 31. And until then, game on.